Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Philosopher Insights podcast. I wanted to start this episode by wishing everyone a happy new year. All the best to you and your family, and I hope we together can make 2023 your best year ever. I'm so excited to be starting the new year with all of you. January is a great time to go beyond just setting goals and resolutions. They're important, but we also need to start making concrete plans and implementing ideas to make this the best year ever. So what I've done is I've created a special bonus episode for you today. I've taken clips from some of our episodes from 2022 and put them all together into one short episode. For those of you who are regular listeners, this will be a great reminder of some of the key principles we covered in the podcast. But also for those of you that are new to the podcast, I hope these quick snippets will spark your interest and encourage you to listen to the full episodes on the topics that matter to you. We've covered a lot of great book ideas and insights since the start of this podcast, and I don't want anybody to miss out. Stay tuned for many more insights in 2023. This month alone, I will feature Discipline is Destiny by Ryan Holiday and Michelle Obama's phenomenal new book, The Light We Carry. Enjoy, talk to you soon, and thank you for being a part of my journey. Happy New Year. Welcome to Philosopher Insights, the podcast that delivers wisdom in minutes a day that you can put into practice daily and strive to master over a lifetime. The podcast committed to sharing ideas that encourage you to bridge the gap between who you are today and the person you aspire to be in the future. Hi, my name is Herb Lamba and welcome to my podcast where I will share practical insights from the world's best authors. Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is. The quest to become the best version of you starts right now. Cut your goal in half from finish by John Acuff. So what's the worst that would happen if you cut your goal in half or gave yourself more time? We already know the best that could happen. You'd improve your odds of success by 63%. But would the world fall apart if you did less or it took longer? This idea definitely goes against every goal-setting bit of wisdom you've ever heard. I know that, but remember, we're trying to do two things here. One is finish, and two is beat perfectionism. Cutting your goal in half is kryptonite for perfectionism. It makes absolutely no sense and sends a bright flare into the night about your intention. Not only are you refusing to give in to perfectionism, you're setting yourself up for success before you've even started. The ABC of Habit Formation from Tiny Habits by B.J. Fogg Tiny habits are as simple as your ABCs. It starts with an anchor, followed by a small behavior, and finishes with the all-important celebration. Number one is the anchor. Quote, An existing routine, like brushing your teeth or an event that happens, like phone ringing, the anchor moment reminds you to do the new tiny behavior, end quote. The second is the behavior, quote, a simple version of the new habit you want, such as flossing one tooth or doing two push-ups. You do the tiny behavior immediately after the anchor moment, end quote. And finally, celebration, quote, something you do to create positive emotion, such as saying, I did a good job. You celebrate immediately after doing the new tiny behavior, end quote. The anchor becomes your trigger to remind you to execute the tiny behavior and then celebrate your win. The obstacles are there to weed out the weak, David Arnold. You have to trust and believe that you were not brought here to struggle. You were not brought here to be less than. You were not brought here to fall short. And even 
Though we all go through trials and tribulations, we go through ups and downs, we go through setbacks, we go through failures. I tell all the aspiring comedians this. I go, anything that you're trying to do, there's always going to be obstacles in the way. Some things, there's no obstacle. If you want to not, if you want to not push beyond, there's no obstacle to be average. To just wake up and just take whatever's given to you, there are no obstacles. But if you want to be better than, if you want to go to a place that only few go to, there's always going to be obstacles. And obstacles are there for one reason, to weed out the weak. The Sweet Spot from The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan. The sweet spot of your day that has the biggest impact on both your short-term and long-term success. What you do during this one hour has effects that far outweigh what you do with the other hours of your day. It determines how productive and purposeful you are, as well as influences how well your brain functions. If you use this one hour powerfully, the next 24 will be successful. If you don't, they'll be wasted. For most people, the last hour of the day is a gap hour, distracted by media or binge eating. However, the last hour of your day can be a gain hour, one that positively transforms how you sleep as well as your entire next day. The obstacle isn't so bad. From the obstacle is the way by Ryan Halliday. This thing in front of you, this issue, this obstacle, this frustrating, unfortunate, problematic, unexpected problem preventing you from doing what you want to do. That thing you dread or secretly hope will never happen. What if it wasn't so bad? What if embedded inside it or inherent in it were certain benefits? Benefits only for you. What would you do? What would you think most people would do? Probably what they've always done and what you are doing right now. Nothing. Let's be honest. Most of us are paralyzed. Whatever our individual goals, most of us sit frozen before the many obstacles that lie ahead of us. The Power of One More by Ed Milet. The Power of One More is a dynamic contract between us. It's an important exchange of ideas and knowledge. Depending on who you are, what I'm about to teach you will impact each of you differently. By changing how you think and act, you find answers in those areas of life that matter most to you. The beauty of all this is that most times the answers are relatively simple. But for whatever reasons, you may not have been able to see them or resolve them on your own. Most people are under the impression there are a thousand different things they must do to change their lives. Nothing could be further from the truth. I've learned, and you will too, that one more thing is often all it takes, and frequently it's only one more step away from where you are now. Begin with one more. You're a lot closer to changing your life than you think. You're one more meeting, one more relationship, one more decision, one more action, or one more thought from leading the life you deserve. Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be by Stephen Pressfield. When we say, put your ass where your heart wants to be, we mean station your physical body in the spot where your dream work will and must happen. Want to write? Sit down at the keyboard. Want to paint? Step up before the easel. Dance? Get your butt to the rehearsal studio. Dumb and obvious as it sounds, tremendous power lies in this simple physical action. When I sit down to write in the morning, I literally have no expectation for myself or for the day's work. My only goal is to put in three or four hours with my fingers punching the keys. I don't judge myself on quality. I don't hold myself accountable for quantity. The only questions I ask are, did I show up? And did I try my best?
If I have done that, then I've put my butt where my heart wants to be. I can't ask anything of myself more than that. Motivation is Garbage from the High Five Habit by Mel Robbins. At some point, we all bought into this lie that you've got to feel ready in order to change. You think what's missing is motivation. And that's not true because of the way that our minds are wired. The fact about human beings is that we are not designed to do things that are uncomfortable or scary or difficult. Our brains are designed to protect us from those things because our brains are trying to keep us alive. And in order to change in any way that really matters, to build a business, to be the best parent, the best spouse, to do all those things you want to do with your life, with your work, with your dreams, you're going to have to do things that are difficult, uncertain, or scary, which sets up this problem for all of us. You're never going to feel like doing it. Motivation is garbage. The Miracle Equation by Hal Elrod If you are a regular in the personal development world, you've already heard that anything is possible. And I do believe that. Yet possible isn't enough to get you out of bed in the morning fueled with internal motivation to tackle your biggest dreams. I wish it were, but it's not. Offering a halfway there plan wasn't enough. With my next book, this book, I wanted to create something that would help move your success from possible to probable and eventually to inevitable. The miracle equation is that process. As you'll learn, the miracle equation is deceptively simple to explain, but only a small percentage of our society understand how to execute it. It consists of only two decisions. The first decision is to maintain unwavering faith, and the second is to put forth extraordinary effort. And the key to creating tangible, measurable miracles is to do both over an extended period of time. Turning Pro is free but not easy from Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. The thesis of this book is that what ails you and me has nothing to do with being sick or being wrong. What ails us is that we're living our lives as amateurs. The solution, this book suggests, is that we turn pro. Turning Pro is free, but it's not easy. You don't need to take a course or buy a product. All you have to do is change your mind. Turning Pro is free, but it's not without a cost. When we turn pro, we give up a life with which we may have become extremely comfortable. We give up a self that we have come to identify with and to call our own. Turning pro is free, but it demands sacrifice. Turning pro is not for everyone. We have to be a little crazy to do it, or even want to. In many ways, the passage chooses us. We don't choose it. We simply have no alternative. What we get when we turn pro is... We find our power, we find our will and our voice, and we find our self-respect. We become who we always were, but had, until then, been afraid to embrace and to live out. Do you remember where you were on 9-11? You'll remember where you were when you turned pro. Laterville from Surrounded by Setbacks by Thomas Erickson This idea is so brilliant and so urgent. It's so important and so critical to your future that you simply have to think it through just one more time. You need to wait for the right opportunity. Maybe the weather could be better. Later on might be a good time to roll up your sleeves. When you feel stronger, more rested, more motivated. When the planets align or when the recession is over. When taxes are lowered or prices raised. Yes, soon. So you put this brilliant project aside for future use. Now and then you'll remember your idea, but it never feels like the right moment. And after a while, you don't think about it anymore. Now it's gone. 
it has disappeared into eternity and gone to the graveyard of good intentions. You don't even notice that you have moved to a place called Laterville. Perfectionism by Talbin Shahar. It's easy to understand how perfectionism leads to the rejection of failure and painful emotions. What is surprising, though, is how perfectionism can lead to the rejection of success. We see this in people who seem to have it all, but they are nevertheless unhappy. If the only dream we have is of a perfect life, we are doomed to disappointment since such dreams simply cannot come true in the real world. Perfectionists pay an extremely high emotional price for rejecting reality. The rejection of failure leads to anxiety because the possibility they may fail is always there. Their rejection of painful emotions often leads to an intensification of the very emotion they are trying to suppress, ultimately leading to even more pain. Their rejection of real-world limits and constraints leads them to set unreasonable and unattainable standards for success. And because they never meet these standards, they are constantly plagued by feelings of frustration and inadequacy. Atlas of the Heart by Breen Brown Imagine if you had a shooting pain in your left shoulder that was so severe it actually took your breath away. The pain kept you from working, sleeping, and fully engaging in your life. When you finally arrive at the doctor's office and she asks you what's going on, there's suddenly tape over your mouth and your hands are tied behind your back. You try yelling through the tape and freeing your hands so you can point to your shoulder, but there's no use. You're just there, inches and minutes from help and possible relief. But you can't communicate or explain the pain. This is not different from what can happen to us when we are unable to articulate our emotions. We feel hopeless or we feel a destructive level of anger. Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty It's helpful to draw a contrast between the monk mindset and the ancient Buddhist concept of the monkey mind. Our minds can either elevate us or pull us down. Today we all struggle with overthinking, procrastination, and anxiety as a result of indulging the monkey mind. The monkey mind switches aimlessly from thought to thought, challenge to challenge, without really solving anything. But we can elevate to the monk mindset by digging down to the root of what we want and creating actionable steps for growth. The monk mindset lifts us out of confusion and distraction and helps us find clarity, meaning, and direction. End quote. Many of us are familiar with the monkey mind, as we live with it every day of our lives, but few appreciate or pursue the monk mind. Yet they should if they want more happiness and stability in their own lives. Most people look outside of themselves and focus on what they cannot control, which results in blaming, frustration, and a feeling of a disempowerment. That is the monkey mind at work. The much better option is to look inside us and focus on the one thing that we can control, with practice, that is, and that is our mind. We learn to change the way we see things, the stories we tell ourselves, and learn to control what we focus on. Quote, The goal of monk thinking is a life free of ego, envy, lust, anxiety, anger, bitterness, baggage, to my mind, adopting the monk mindset isn't just possible, it's necessary. We have no other choice. We need to find calm, stillness, and peace. The Everyday Hero Manifesto by Robin Sharma When no one believes in you is when you most need to believe in you. Those committed to the fullest expression of their native genius know that the self-faith and staying true to yourself and your mighty mission, especially in the face of ridicule and uncertainty, attack and adversity, is the gateway into legendary, and truly a pathway to immortality, because your noble example will live on long after you're gone.
The journey to your most heroic life will be colorful, inspirational, messy, marvelous, tumultuous, and most definitely glorious. Dedicating yourself to inhabiting your greatness, generating a vast barrage of beautiful results, and doing your part to build a brighter world will be the wisest and best ride you'll ever take. This I promise you. And stepping into the immense splendor of your most creative, powerful, and compassionate self will energize everyone around you to awaken to their gifts, making our planet a friendlier place. Regenerating a more creative, productive, inventive, and unconquerable versions of yourself, one filled with more joy, bravery, and serenity, isn't some unreachable gift reserved for the gods of sublime genius and the angels of unusual excellence. No. Genius has far less to do with your genetics, and much more to do with your habits. Stepping into the person you've always imagined you could be is a trained result, available to anyone willing to open themselves up to the work and run the practices that make magic real. Do Hard Things by Steve Magnus In a series of studies in the Netherlands, psychologists sought to understand why some individuals are able to make progress and reach their goals, while others continually fall short. Over three studies, researchers found that better goal authenticity contributed to better goal achievement. When people choose goals that reflected their true selves, not their public selves, they were more likely to follow through. Those who failed often chose goals that were imposed on them by a parent, coach, or society in general. Winning by Tim Grover Winning doesn't apologize and it doesn't explain. It throws a party in your honor, refuses to give you the place and time, and then sticks you with the check. It pours your champagne and knocks over the glass. You reach out to shake its hand? It has no idea who you are. Winning puts you on the biggest stage and shuts off all the lights. In my 30-plus years of working with the greatest competitors of our time, from Michael Jordan and Kobe and Dwayne Wade and Charles Barkley and countless others to CEOs and elite achievers in all walks of life, I've seen winning in all its glorious generosity and all its excruciating cruelty. One day it wears a halo, the next day it has fangs. You don't get to decide which it'll be. You can only chase it, and if you're willing to pay the price, you might catch it, briefly. Winning is everywhere. Every minute you have the potential to recognize an opportunity, push yourself harder, let go of insecurity and fear, stop listening to what others tell you, and decide to own that moment. And not just that one single moment, but the next one and the next. And before long, you've owned the hour and the day and the month again, again. That's how you win. Things in life are caught, not taught, featuring Ed Milet. There is a global, insidious, epidemic pandemic of child neglect going on. And it's subtle. And it's a parent who is not pursuing their potential and their dreams. And they're neglecting their child when they do it. If you're listening to this, I know that hits home, but they are, most things children get are caught, not taught. They catch it. And if they start to catch it, it's okay to settle. It's okay to say, sweetheart, you can be anything you want. At some point, they get to an age where they go, well, mama, why aren't you? Why aren't you going for it? Why aren't you happier? My book is called The Ultimate Guide to Happiness and Success. Why isn't mama happier? They see you in the car. They see you getting ready in the morning. They know. And it's neglectful of you if you're not pursuing your happiness, pursuing your potential, pursuing your dream. You're neglecting that child. You've got to get after it. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Lambert. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, 
please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To go deeper with me, you can register for free at www.philosopherinsights.com for instant access to a growing library of Philosopher Insights, which are 8 to 10 page PDFs, plus 20 minute MP3s that break down my favorite insights from the world's best personal development books. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Facebook at Optimal Herb. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.